0: You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 39. And I am recording super early on December 11th. I'm recording a bit early because I'm actually going to take about a month off. So the only way for me to do that was to record early. I plan on spending the next month reading. Not a shocker to anyone who listens to this. Um, And reading not for podcast prep, not for teaching prep, not because of manuscript editing, and not to write book reviews, just for plain old-fashioned pleasure. I will put a photo up on Instagram at Jennifer Caligaris tomorrow of the pile of books that I hope to get through over the break. And if you need more book picks, scroll back a little bit on my Instagram feed and you will see a post about my top 10 reads of 2020. And just to give a fast concussion update, it's actually only been a couple days since I recorded the last podcast, but you are hearing me a couple weeks later. So I'm assuming I'm fine. Future me is fine. Um but having a concussion is bizarre. It's really really bizarre. I'm fine one minute, The next minute, I've lost some of my short-term memory. And if I do too much in a day, I just get incredibly exhausted and have to sleep right away. So I'm trying to stay off screens, but it's hard. I haven't given a chicken update in a while, so I will do that now. They're still doing well. We have seven chickens in the middle of Los Angeles and They've really reduced their egg laying this winter, which we found out recently is totally normal as the days get shorter. I guess you can buy some artificial light sources for them to keep them laying, but I feel like if their bodies are telling them to lay less, fine with us. We are down to about one or two eggs a day, and the only chicken who is consistently laying is named Three Tennis Balls, which I realize is the weirdest name ever. I did not name him, but um, she's been getting a lot of extra blueberries lately because she's a good chicken. By the time you are listening to this, my kids will be on winter break, which feels a lot like them just being home for Zoom school, but I think they're going to be really happy to be home with no classwork and homework, and they definitely deserve a break. And last but not least, it is not too late to sign up for my young adult novel writing course. I'm teaching online through UCLA Extension's writer's program, and it's a move at your own pace 10-week course with weekly assignments culminating in the writing of your first and possibly even second chapter of a young adult novel. I will link the course sign up to the show notes, and it begins the second week of January. Now it's time for some bookish news. (laughs) Guess what? There is no bookish news at the end of the year because editors, publishers, and writers are all taking their well-deserved vacations at home. So today we're just going to get right into the books. I will say that before the end of the year, I'm going to try and get my dad to come back on and talk about what we've been watching, and of course, drink a toast to the new year. I realize that this is not going to be book talk, but it will be a bonus episode. If you want to hear last year's holiday frivolity with my dad and I, you can listen to episode 13.5. And now, on to the books. So last year on my last episode of 2019, before the year of gloom and doom, I decided that instead of rounding up my favorite books of the year, which everyone else does, and there are a million lists in a million different magazines where you can find those, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So just like last year, I will be going back in time in reverse chronological order, and I will be talking about some of my favorite books from that year. So... Last year, I covered 2018, and this year, I'm going to do 2017. So let me transport you back to 2017. I realize it's not that long ago, but it's been a really long year, people. So in 2017, we got ourselves a new president. The Women's March on Washington took place. Confederate monuments fell. The tragic Las Vegas shooting took place. There was a solar eclipse. Uh, NFL players took a knee during the national anthem, and that all seems like a lifetime ago. So, in the book world, titles like Pachinko, which I still haven't read yet, hit the shelves. And that one in particular is staring me at the face from its spot on the shelf every single night. I have to read it. Um, Exit West was also a huge book that year. My writing idol, George Saunders, published his tome, Lincoln and the Bardo. It was also the year of Little Fires Everywhere, the book, not the TV series, and Hunger by Roxanne Gay and The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It was a pretty powerhouse year, I'd say, for books, so I'm going to talk about a few more books from 2017 that I haven't yet covered on this show. My first pick is The Leavers by Lisa Coe. This is a sweeping story that covers a lot of ground, but it's centered around fifth grader Deming, whose mother, who's a Chinese immigrant, works in a nail salon, and one day she goes to work and never returns. Deming ends up being put up for adoption. We also get his mother, who goes by the name Polly. We get her story, and that section is written in second person addressed to her son. And here she is explaining how she was a victim of being an immigrant in the U.S. Deming ends up being adopted by a white upscale couple in New York who rename him Daniel in order to have him better integrate. He's totally bullied at school and he's a victim of racism. And his new parents are convinced that by erasing his past, they are going to be ensuring him a more prosperous future. Deming blames himself for his mother's disappearance and thinks about her constantly until he reaches the age of 21, and he's determined to find her. There are many twists and turns in this book, which won the Penn Bellwether Prize for a novel that addresses issues of social justice, chosen that year by Barbara Kingsolver. And again, that is The Leavers by Lisa Coe. Next up is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado, this was Machado's debut short fiction collection, and each of the eight stories is somehow related to what it's like to inhabit the space of a woman's body. In one story, a woman who undergoes surgery for weight loss ends up with an unwanted house guest. I won't give it away. Uh, in The Husband's Stitch, a uh, Machado reinterpolates a horror story about a girl who wears a ribbon around her neck, and she turns that into a commentary on society's claims to women's bodies. In another story, someone who works in a mall discovers something truly horrifying in the seams of the store's prom dress. These are not quiet, contemplative stories. They are visceral and loud. They're honest and strange. And I think that fans of both Helen Oyeyemi and Helen Phillips, all the Helens, will enjoy these haunting stories. I also thought a lot about Shirley Jackson and Angela Carter while reading these stories. And now that I'm talking about this book again, it's making me want to go back and give it a second read. And again, that is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. My next pick is for the music lovers out there, and especially if you like the blues, and that is White Tears by Hadi Kunzru. Seth and Carter are in their 20s. They live in New York. Seth is a quiet introvert, and Carter is much more outgoing, and he also happens to be the heir to a whole lot of money. While they may seem like polar opposites, what they do have in common is their obsession with music. Seth accidentally records a singer in the park, and Carter takes this recording and blasts it out over the internet, falsely claiming that it is a long-lost blues recording from the 1920s by a singer named Charlie Shaw. But the plot thickens because a collector contacts the men to tell them that their fake recording and fake singer are in fact real. So the two white men, Carter and Seth go down a very dark road of entitlement and greed and cultural appropriation a road that has been visited by many a white man in history. This book is so many things wrapped up in one. It's a music lover's paradise. It's a murder mystery. It's an exploration of race in America. This novel is published by Grey Wolf Press, which is a fantastic independent publisher, and they just put out consistently great books. And again, that is White Tears by Hari Kunzru. My next pick is the high-concept novel Forest Dark by Nicole Krauss, which also has a mysterious twist to it. So in this book, Jules Epstein is rich and divorced and retired, and he's gone missing in Israel, leaving behind a trail of questions about his recent life choices. Concurrently, a character who remains nameless is a novelist who has come to Israel in the hopes of writing her next novel getting inspiration. And it's here in Tel Aviv that she is approached by a man who wants her to help him write a movie based on a long lost Kafka play. Have you lost me yet? It all sounds a little bit convoluted, but I promise you it comes together. Um, So the writer, the unnamed writer, and the character Jules never directly come into contact with one another, but they are on these sort of parallel journeys, having abandoned their lives in America and hoping to start over and reinvent themselves in Israel. It's more about character development than plot, more about the journey rather than getting to the destination, but it leaves the reader with a ton to think about. And again, that is Forest Dark by Nicole Krauss. So as an owner of Chickens and Ducks, my last book also has Fowl. Fowl, Fowl indeed, if I were speaking in homophones. This book is called Strange Heart Beating by Ellie Goldstone. In this dark and bizarre novel, which happens to be my favorite combination, Lita, whose husband is Seb, has been killed by a swan. If you need a moment to process that, here you go. So Seb is going through all of Lita's things in his grief and discovers a stack of letters from a man named Olaf. He's never heard of this Olaf before, so it makes him a bit suspicious. He becomes obsessed with the connection that he didn't know his wife had with this person and decides to travel to her home village in Latvia in order to kind of put the missing pieces of her life together. But the more answers he gets to his initial questions, the more questions he has. It's like a literal goose hunt about grief and love. I love the writing in this book so much and it's one I would also take a second look at with my duck in my lap as I read. Our duck does in fact have a habit of giving us a certain look that we like to refer as the ducky murder look and after reading this novel I think I need to be a little more cautious of him. So again that is Strange Heart Beating by Ellie Goldstone. So don't forget, if you're jonesing for my personal top 10 list from 2020, have a look through my Instagram at Jennifer Callieris where I have a post about my top 10 reads of 2020. All of the books and other things I've talked about are listed in the show notes section of the podcast. Oh, and someone recently asked me where one can find the show notes for a podcast. So if you go to the podcast you're listening to, you should see the word details, Click on that and there you will see all of the details you need to know for that particular episode, including a list of all the books I talk about, as well as a click through to my bookshop.org bookstore where you can buy the books I talk about or any books at all and help support this show by shopping for books. I hope you all have a happy holiday season, a safe and healthy holiday season. And I will be back in 2021 with more books. Maybe before then, if I can corral my dad. Um, and I have been reading a ton of books. I think I'm all cut up with books that are coming out through April of 2021. And I've got to say there are a ton of great books to look forward to. Happy reading, everyone. Happy New Year. Hopefully much less dramatic and more peaceful of a year ahead of us with good health for all. I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish new year.